We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Greetings, everybody from Plano, Texas. In Plano, Texas, my name is Chris Fluitt, and I just welcome everybody for being with us in the room today to worship. I'm so glad to see. Can we give each other a hand for being here? I'm so glad you're here. Oh my goodness. Hey, listen, this is one of those days. You know, pastors' families have one of those days too. You know that day where you feel like, ah, oh, it would be good to just roll over in bed and not go to church, right? Like we had that moment today. We were just hitting the ground running. We had basketball stuff we had to get to. We had all kinds of ministry stuff we had to get to. And we're like, oh my gosh, we have no time. We have to go straight to church. And we're like, you know what? It's going to be good once we get there. And you know what? It's good right now. Isn't that great? So thank you for coming out. And I want to also greet everybody that's worshiping with us online. If you logged in today, I've got some good news to share with you. And I'm so glad that you are with us today. We're in the second week of our sermon series. Somebody, somebody help me remember what it's called. Problem solver. One more time all together. Let's say a problem solver. And last week we talked about healing our problem. All right. And if you miss that, you go check that out online. God was really with us last week. And I hope he did some healing works in your life like he did in mine. I want to tell you today that I am equipped to preach to you today about this subject. Not because I am an expert at solving my problems, but actually I'm an expert at having problems. Dude has problems. Somebody say it. So, some of y'all are like, I've been saying that for years. Listen, I, I still have problems that I haven't solved. I want you to know that I am an expert at having problems. Somebody say, I have problems. I want to tell you, do not feel bad if you have problems. You are definitely not alone. In fact, I don't just come here because they asked me to preach every Sunday. If I wasn't preaching, I would still be in church. Because in church, I find answers to my problems. I find answers to my problems while we're worshiping. I find turnarounds in my life while the Word of God is being preached. And when I talk to God, man, I, I suddenly feel like I can do all things through Christ. So if you have problems, don't feel bad about it. You are in the absolute right place. We've all got problems. Somebody say yes. yes. You know, if somebody comes to you and tells you you're probably the only one that's messed up and broken, I want to just go on record and say, that's probably the enemy right there. That is probably enemy because he only deals in falsehoods. I want you to know. I'll just be open and honest with you. Problems right here. Problems. Some of my thoughts are problems. Some of the things that come out of my mouth are problems. Some of my habits are problems. I have problems. But God has helped me every step of the way. And He's going to help me tonight in Jesus' name. I've told you this last week that life is full of problems. And I told you this. I'm going to reiterate it. That success in life is not about being problem free. But success in life is about learning to solve your problems. When you start solving problems, people are like, uh, can I sit next to you? 
When you start solving problems, people are like, hey, can I call you later? I've got some things I want to talk about. When you are a problem solver, suddenly you are popular and you are in demand. Suddenly you are on the payroll at a higher scale. Good things happen when you stop trying to just run from your problems, but instead you meet those giants head on and you start solving your problems. And that's what this whole series is about. But what if your problem is that you're trapped? Or that you're in prison? Or that you're stuck? Or that you're in danger? I would say that if that's your problem today, that rescue is a problem solver. Can we just say that together? Rescue is a problem solver. All right, let's talk about some of those problems that we need rescue in. All right. Listen, here's one. Anybody ever heard of financial problems? Anybody anybody ever feel like, gosh, I need rescue from that? I've got too many bills and not enough money. Some people say it like this. I've got too little money and too much month. Anybody everybody say that ever? Uh, I'm trapped by inflation. Oh my gosh, the price of milk. And I'm like going under. Anyone? How about young people that are living with their parents in a spare bedroom or in a basement. Why? Because they can't afford to live on their own. And they're like, I don't know what I'm going to do about this very real problem. Look at the price of houses. I thought the milk was expensive. And then maybe flip on the other side. At the other end of life, you're, you're, you're going crash course towards a thing called retirement. And you're like, oh my gosh, I don't think I have enough money for all of this. Let me tell you, those are some real problems. And I'm going to tell you, there is a better answer out there than playing the lottery. There's some people, that's their answer for this problem. I'm telling you, there is a better rescue than you winning the lottery, okay? How how many knows that's good news? Or then there's this fear about things you can't control. Things on the global scale, like racism, can't control it. Terrorism, can't control it. War, my gosh, every time we wake up, it seems like there's another war potentially there, if not already in in the throes of happening. Or how about economic collapse? Or how about even climate change? All these worries about that. You know what you need delivered there from? Listen, we've never found the world leaders that can solve that problem. But you need to find rescue from that fear about the things you can't control. And there is a rescue for you today, if that's you. Or how about someone is out to get me? Anybody ever feel that? Hey, guess what? You aren't crazy sometimes. Sometimes people are... Somebody need to hear that. So you aren't crazy. Actually, there are people that wish to do you harm at your job. There are people at your job that are aiming for your job. It happens. And they love to make you look bad. And they love to, to, to recite something you said in front of the boss. They love to do those things. Or maybe they're lying about you on the internet. Maybe there's somebody lying about you. They're saying things about you on the internet. And you actually have people go, is this true? And you're like, what are you talking about? No, I've never played the accordion naked or maybe there's a bully in your high school or your cool or your or your elementary school 
And, and they're just like, they won't leave you alone. And it boggles you. It, it steals all your peace. And you're like, I don't even want to go in there today. People are against me. I want to tell you there's a rescue from that. There's a way to turn these things over and get set free from those things. What about a rescue from danger? That physical danger? Oh, I can't stand that. How about oncoming traffic and you see a car start to swerve towards you? I cannot stand We're going this direction and you feel that car and it's like, there's a line there. There's a line! And they're just, they just keep coming. And in that moment, you're just, you're just a little whoa on edge. How about being attacked? Worried about mass shooters or home invasions? How about natural disasters happening? Any of these things are very, very scary. And in that moment... You need rescue. In the middle of a tsunami. In that moment, it would be a really good time to get rescue, right? But after the tsunami, you need rescue also. You need rescue from post-traumatic stress. You need rescue from your thoughts. You waking up in the middle of the night in a, in a sweat about what happened a, a week ago when someone almost hurt you or, or, or they did you need rescue from physical dangers and you need rescue from the aftermath of those physical dangers. Or, this is the one that I spent the most time uh, thinking about this week. Here it is. Rescue from my own decisions. There's a, there's a, a meme on the internet that I greatly uh, relate to. Uh, when you finally catch the person who's been messing up your life. I finally found them. It's me. I'm the one that's been messing up my life. And I need rescue from some of my own decisions. Am I the only one? How about a lack of discipline? I need rescue from that. How about an addiction? How about you broke the law and now you're in jail? Or you're facing jail? How about you hurt someone with your words? Now you're facing a broken relationship. Maybe the D word, divorce. Maybe there's past guilt. And it, it, you, you have no excuse because you're the one who did it. And you need rescue from that also. I am afraid that I will die in this condition. I want you to say that line. Will you say that? I am afraid... That I will die in this condition. If you have ever thought that about anything, you need rescue. If you've ever caught yourself saying, you know what? My kids have all moved out. Now I've got no reason to live. I'm having trouble moving forward. I've I've gone through a divorce. Now I'm I'm having trouble. And and if I don't if I don't change, if I if something doesn't happen to me, I'm gonna die lonely. I'm going to die afraid. I'm going to die because of bankruptcy and I'm going to die poor with nothing to leave anyone. I'm going to die just like I am. I want to tell you today, if you've thought those thoughts, if those are thoughts that go through your head, you need rescue. Will you say, I need rescue? There is something in each of our lives that I believe we need rescue from. We need to confess it. We need to own it. 
You need to say it out loud. I created this mess. Or there's this mess that's attached itself to me. Own that. Confess it. And then say, I'm responsible for it. And maybe you weren't responsible for the thing, but you are responsible in your response to it. You have to respond to it, and you got to own that too. You can't just say, well, this bad thing happened because people stink. No, you have to respond to it. And your response is part of your rescue. And all of this is a necessary step. It is powerful to say, I need rescue. And sometimes us guys, you listen to me, men, sometimes we don't like to admit that we are in trouble, that we can't handle it, that we need rescue. And we just go right towards a divorce. And we go right towards you know, uh, uh, problems with our children. We go right towards financial ruin. We go right towards depression. Because we have not owned the fact that we need rescue. One more time, everybody say these very freeing, truthful words. I need rescue. Now look at somebody say, me too. Me too. That's me. That's me. We're, I'm, we see, we should be friends. We got so much in common. All the guilt and the shame of it. That just like imprints on you. Robs you of your peace. You have those conversations replay like a hamster wheel in your head. And you're like, oh, I hate my life. I hate the things in my life. I hate this thing that happened in my life because I've got this guilt and shame. Listen, I've got something really good for you to hear. Rescue and redemption stories make the best stories. Stories where somebody is rescued, those are big stories. Somewhere where a story where somebody's found redemption and their life is turned around and it's brand new again. Those are the best stories. So make that your story. If you're worried about the guilt and shame, let's turn the page and let's get to the rescue. Let's get to the redemption because that is a story you'll never want to hide. You want to share that with everybody. I want to tell you that rescue requires a plan. Everybody say that rescue requires a plan. We know that rescue doesn't just happen. It requires a plan. So we like rescue and redemption. Does anybody like that in movies? Anybody? Isn't that kind of their favorite movie? Rescue movies. Think about a few. And I mainly thought about prison movies. Here's what came to me immediately. Who thought of Shawshank Redemption? Anybody? Uh, I also thought of uh, The Great Escape. Anybody know that one? The Great Escape? Uh, McQueen was in that movie, right? How about Escape from Alcatraz? That came to my mind. That's right. And then there's even a TV show. It's called Prison Break, right? And the whole premise of Prison Break was like way weird. There was a guy who actually had tattoos all over his body and his tattoos were his plan. Spoiler alert. It came out 15 years ago. Give me a break. And he would like take off his shirt because he was well built and all the people like to see that on the TV. But he also looked over here and said, oh yeah, there's a fire escape. I need to go. And he would like, he had a plan to escape the prison. I want to tell you that it takes a plan, not magic. It takes a practical system in order for you to find your rescue. It takes you knowing I need to get from where I'm at to where I want to go. And I've got these steps 
that I need to take. And you should have a roadmap. You should have a sequence. You should have an idea of how to get from point A to point B. And your rescue often requires just that. You need more than a desire to escape your problems. We need knowledge. Everyone say knowledge. knowledge. Proverbs 19 and 2 tells us this. It says, desire without knowledge is not good. How much more will hasty feet miss the way? It's not enough to say, you know, I really want to be free. No, you've got to have knowledge on how to be free. It's not enough to feel the urgency and have the hasty feet that are running because that won't get you where you want to go. You've got to have a plan. In fact, sometimes our hasty feet will run us into more trouble without a plan. Your rescue is going to involve knowledge. Let's say it this way. It's going to involve some skill. Some of you have to learn some skills in order to have the career that you need to get out of the mother's basement. You've got to have growth in some areas in order to fix your relationship. You've got to grow emotionally. Some of your arguments are over your silly, immature emotions. In order to get out of that, the growth, the plan you need to have is to grow up emotionally. Do you know it takes some grown-up power to forgive some people? To look at people and say, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And some of us, the reason our, we're having struggle in these areas is we've never grown in those areas. This is the kind of knowledge we need. And how about wisdom? That's one of those things we need. Next week, we're going to be talking about guidance as a problem solver. We're going to be talking about this big time. If this is like, man, tell me some more. Be here next week. We're going to be talking about guidance as a problem solver. It's a part of you making a plan. You need a plan that works. Everybody say plan that works. And then you need to work that plan. You need both. If you have a plan that works, that's not enough. You have to work that plan. If you're working a plan but it doesn't work, that doesn't work either. You need both. You need a plan that works. And you need to work that plan. So what does that look like in your finances? You need to think about that. That might look like you going to Barnes & Noble and buying a book called Total Money Makeover, which just walks you on how to get out of debt how to build wealth. And you need to go look at a book like that and say, all right, teach me. I need this knowledge. There's a plan that works. Let's get it. Let's work that plan. How about job issues? It could be relational issues. Maybe you learn a little bit on how to deal with different personalities. Some of your problems with other people is not that they hate you. It's that your personality grates on their personality. And you're going to have to learn how to get along with people that are different from you. All right, maybe it's a discipline issue. You're not you're not fast enough in these areas that your boss needs you to be in. Uh, maybe you are late when you need to be on time. There are all these things. These are job issues. You can learn the skills to overcome that. How about personal relationships with loved ones? Man, it might be time to go to an expert called a counselor. Or it might be time where you and your spouse sit together and you talk about the problems and you actually pray together. That's what it looks like. you got to find a plan that works. And then you got to work that plan. Rescue requires a plan. Do you have that plan today? 
before today's over, I want you to spend time thinking about your plan. Also, rescue requires recognition. There's an old joke. Maybe you've heard it before. Please indulge me in the joke. Uh, the story goes like this. There was a guy in Florida, and he was told that a big storm was coming, a big hurricane was coming, and Jethro decided, you know what? I'm not leaving my home. God's going to rescue me. And so Jethro's buddy rolls uh, alongside in his pickup truck, and he says, Jethro, get in the car. The rain is starting to fall. The, the hurricane is coming. Please, Jethro, come with me. I want to rescue you. And Jethro's like, no, buddy. I prayed, and God's going to rescue me. And the rain starts to come, and so Jethro climbs into his house, goes into his attic, punches through the ceiling, and he's now on top of the, the house, and he's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Well, I know what I'm going to do. God's going to rescue me. And somebody, the Coast Guard comes along in a boat along the flooded streets, and they're like, hey, buddy, please come down. We want to rescue you. And Jethro says, no, no, no. Uh, God is going to rescue me. I'll have you know, I don't need your stinking boat. My God is much bigger than any boat. And so they go, I'm sorry, man. We got people to help. We got to go. And then this helicopter came. I mean, that water is rising. It is almost over his house. And this helicopter comes. People drop a ladder and they're like, Jethro, please climb the ladder. It's your last opportunity. We're here to rescue you. And Jethro says, nope, nope, nope. God's going to rescue me. And then Jethro promptly drowns. And Jethro goes through those pearly gates. He checks his ID with Peter and Peter goes, oh yes, well, one of our VIPs. And they go right in and Jethro goes, I'm, I got somebody to talk to. He goes right up to God and he says, God, I need you to explain something to me. Why didn't you rescue me? I asked you to rescue me, and you just let me die in that hurricane. And of course, what did God respond? He said, Jethro, I sent you your buddy in a truck. I sent you a Coast Guard on, on a boat. I sent you a helicopter with a ladder, and you wouldn't take any of those. I did try to rescue you. We have to recognize our rescue. You need to recognize that sermon. There's sometimes that sermon just hits you right between the eyes. It's not because I've been talking to the gossip people. Alex, by the way, it's Alex. Don't tell Alex anything. Go straight to me. I'm just kidding. That's a joke. That is a joke, guys. I promise. No, listen. He didn't even get it. Listen. You got to recognize when that thing hits your heart, when the Word of God hits your heart, you need to recognize that's not just a feel-good moment for you. That's your moment. Recognize your rescue. Or it could be a small group discussion. That small group where somebody, sometimes it's like even off the beaten path of where the subject is going. And somebody says, I don't know why, even know why I'm saying this. But you know, I have this issue once. And you go, whoa, that's exact issue I have. And you just go on about your business and go the other direction. No, that was a moment. That was a moment for your rescue. How about somebody offered that help, but you were too proud? That was a moment of rescue. That opportunity you should have taken. Sometimes that, that you were praying for a new job 
and then somebody offers you that job and for whatever reason you didn't take them up you didn't even pray about that opportunity you just said dismiss it out of hand no that's a little uncomfortable for me change is uncomfortable for me i want everything to change the way i want it to change recognize recognize your rescue or how about that relationship Sometimes God puts people in our lives at the exact right time and we just don't even realize it. Some people will, I've had this happen where God puts somebody on my heart. I call them and I say, hey, how are you doing? You've been on my mind. I've been praying for you. And they go, I'm fine. Only to find out, no, all hell was breaking loose in their life. They did not recognize their rescue. You've got to recognize your rescue. Many, many people are trapped because they did not recognize their opportunity. There was a thief on the cross that did recognize it. And there was another thief on the cross that didn't recognize it. They were both by the same Savior with the same love for them and the same grace. One recognized it. The other one thought, nah, this is not the moment where I could be saved. Re re rescue requires a plan. Rescue requires recognition. Three, listen. Rescue requires others. Now I know I hit this hard last week. Get used to it, buttercup. We are going to tell you this often in this series. You've been doing things alone. You've been a lone ranger and you need you need. Most of your problems, God uses people to solve. And your rescue will always, I'm willing to go like 99.9% .9 of the time, God will use others in your rescue. Many try to do it alone. They've got an addiction, but they don't tell anybody about it. they got an addiction. There are even places that they could go like next door and talk about a, a an alcoholic addiction, but that, that's too that's too much. No, I won't do that. But I, I can't tell others about it. I'm going to do this alone. I'll figure this out by myself. How about bankruptcy? That is such an embarrassing thing to tell somebody. I've mismanaged my money. Now I'm in such debt. I have to declare bankruptcy. Somebody say, I declare bankruptcy. If you know what show I'm talking about, we can be friends forever. But if you, if you have that and you can't tell someone about it, you can't even ask other people their suggestion or even say, hey, would you pray for me? You're trying to go it alone. How's that going to work out for you? Or marriage problems. Mel, you talk about embarrassment. A lot of people are like, whoa. They would rather treat each other poorly and have people sign their divorce papers than to actually talk to their pastor about the problem. I know. How do I know that? All too painfully, I know that. All too painfully. I had people that I preached to Sunday after Sunday, tried to get them in touch with the problem solver, only to see them disappear and later find out they divorced while hearing about a rescue plan, while hearing about a better future. Guess what? Most of those people were not in a connect group. Most of those people did not have close friends that they opened up to. Most, none of those people ever reached out for ministry in 
that area. Your rescue requires others. We need one another. We talked about that last week. We had a whole list of one another's. I want to tell you a cool story I ran across very recently. It's a story of Anne Hill and Debbie Nichols. There's Anne on the, on the left, and there's Debbie on the right. Anne is a Marine. She's really tough, and Debbie likes to hang out with Anne. <laughs> and so Debbie uh, says, hey, let's hang out sometime. And Anne says, well, let's go mountain biking. And Debbie's like, Okay, let's go mountain biking. So they're, they're experiencing life together. And on one of these weekends, they're out mountain biking. And the Marine is way ahead of Debbie. And Debbie's like, I'm trying to keep up with this girl. Why did I decide to go do this? Oh, she's my friend. She's my friend. Don't leave her. Let's just finish this out together. And she's, you know, I relate to Debbie in this story a lot. And while Anne is ahead of her, she sees Anne in the far distance, she sees Anne go over a ridge. And Debbie immediately hears screaming. Crazy screaming. And Debbie used the rest of her energy to get over that hill. And when she cleared that ridge, she looked down and she saw her friend's head in the mouth of a mountain lion. And without hesitation, Debbie got off that bike, she picked it up, she threw it at that mountain lion, didn't bother it. She yelled at that mountain lion, she screamed at that mountain lion that had its mouth across the head of her friend, Anne. The next thing Debbie did, she reached down there and she grabbed her friend by the legs and she pulled against that mountain lion. She tried to literally pull her friend out of the mouth of a lion. The whole time, everyone is screaming. Everyone is yelling. That attracts a lot of people. And several people come from over the ridge and they see this mountain lion. And the number of people scared that mountain lion off. And leaving now Anne and Debbie there together. When those people ran over that ridge... They say this, we were, of course, surprised to see a woman, woman's head in the mouth of a mountain lion. But what really surprised us was to see a very fierce woman that was willing to fight that mountain lion. Earlier that day, that very day, that very mountain lion had killed a man who was riding his mountain bike by himself. We are called to rescue others. We are called to face the most fiercest attacks head on. And we're called to take one another and actually pull each other out of struggle, pull each other out of certain death, pull each other out of pain, pull each other out of struggle. The Bible tells us to do this. This is in Jude chapter 1 verse 23. It tells us to save others by snatching them from the fire. But don't you understand that's dangerous? 
Yeah, but, but we're here to rescue one another. Rescue requires others. I want, to, I want Redemption Church to be the place where people can come with their problems and people just grab them and pull against the problem. Let's, let's get you out of the mouth of your addiction. Let's get you out of the mouth of your depression. Let's get you out of the mouth of all your shame and guilt. Let's get you out of the mouth of financial problem. Let's get you out of here. I am not going to let go of you. Let's fight this together. Let's be that church. Let's be those people. Let's not be a church that looks at people askew and go, oh, your head is in the mouth of a lion. No, let's be bold. Let's get down in the struggle. And in that, we can be rescuers. We can see people rescued. Who do you know that is facing certain death right now? Who is it that you know that is facing a struggle that they can't get their self out of the, the jaws of. I want to remind you, rescue requires a plan. Rescue requires recognition. Rescue requires others. Like I told you last week, it's only a matter of time before you run into a bigger problem than you can solve. These are the moments where you tried the plan, it didn't work. Uh, you, no opportunity you, you went down seemed to work. And you had help. People even whispered really good thoughts in your ears. They sent you notes that they were praying for you. All of these things happened, but you still were trapped. You still were stuck. And you still had no hope in front of you. Those problems do exist. And maybe you're facing one of those problems today. We don't make light of your problems. But there is a story just like that in the Bible I want to point you to. It's Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 23 through 27. Then he, which is Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the wave swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. Verse 25, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves Obey Him. It's a well-known story of Jesus in this boat in the middle of a terrible storm. Who's in this boat? Well, disciples. And many of them are fishermen. Many of them are seasoned sailors. And these seasoned sailors are scared. They, are, they just know they're going to drown. They've been out in storms before, but this one shook them. This one, they stopped pulling on all the pulleys and, and the, they pulled the mast and whatever it is. They stopped rowing. They gave up on all of that. That's how bad it was. They came to the place and said, we can't fix this one on ourselves, boys. We better wake up Jesus. By the way, what is he doing? Asleep. They're having all these issues. So they went and they woke up Jesus. And what does Jesus do? Jesus goes 
And he speaks right to the storm. He goes right to that problem. One version it says he rebukes it. Another version he speaks to it. And he tells them, you behave. <laughs> you calm down, storm. Peace be still. And immediately that storm stopped. And what happens at the end of this story? These men who have been walking with Jesus for maybe years here end up looking at each other going, who is this guy? Guys, if, you, if, if anybody's going to know, it's these guys. But in this moment, they're like, we have to rethink who he is. Who is this guy that even winds and waves obey him? In other words, let me, let me use my own words here. In other words, I did not know he could solve this kind of problem. I knew that he could, you know, tell a demon to, to shut up and be quiet. I knew about that. I knew that he could heal a blind man. I got that one. But this one right here, this one I didn't know. I didn't know he could tell nature what to do. I want to tell you that that problem that's bigger than you can solve, your problem can teach you about Jesus. Your problem can teach you a lot of things. It can teach you about yourself. It can definitely teach you about those around you, who comes to help you, who doesn't, who makes fun of you, who has, uh, who, who has empathy for you. But your problem can really teach you a lot about God. And these men who were so close to Jesus, they learned something about Him because of this problem. Going forward, going forward, they knew He could solve the next problem. Because they had seen Him solve a problem they had no clue. I want to tell you that Jesus is a problem solver. I would not tell you this just because I read it in the Bible. But it is in the Bible, but also I've witnessed it in my life. I could tell you some stories. I really thought this week about what story I wanted to tell you personally about Jesus' rescue in my life. Recently we thought about what Jesus, how Jesus rescued my son Will from constant pain about a year ago. It will be in March, one year. And we're so thankful about that. But there is a different story that I remember hearing from a very close personal friend. And I want to share that story with you today. Can you say Dawn? I've got a friend named Dawn. And Dawn was raised in church. He came to faith in Jesus Christ. And he was baptized. All that good stuff. And then kind of slipped away as he got older and he got in trouble with the law. Don had a thing about stealing cars. He would see cars and he would go, that's a really nice car. I kind of like to steal that car. And then he would and he'd steal that car and he stole several cars. And then he got caught, 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 like handcuffs caught, like now he's going to court. And now he is in front of him is a years long sentence that he's absolutely guilty of that he should every way in the world face these years 
in a penitentiary. And he's realizing, man, my life is over. But Don had a friend named Jana who one month earlier gave her life to Christ. And her life was radically transformed. And Jesus Christ did such a work in her that she was bold enough to tell her friend, hey, why don't you come to church with me? I think it's exactly what you need. Don was in so much trouble that he did. Don, on a Sunday night, went and sat by Jana in this church in Spring, Texas. And they're in the middle of worship and he's worshiping. People are raising their hands and they're clapping their hands. And they're, then some people begin to weep and some people begin to really run to an altar. And there were other people in that place that obviously needed rescue. And before the preacher could even get up to preach, that whole church just filled the entire altar. And he's like, whoa, I don't remember church being like this. But he was like, Jesus, if you are there, I just want to thank you. And he raised his hands. And he remembers, he told me just yesterday, he said, Chris, I raised my hands and I started to tell the Lord, thank you. But what came out was another language. And in that moment, I felt all my guilt go away. And I felt weakness leave. And I found a power fill my heart right then in that moment. And Don's life was transformed that night. He had an experience with God that he had never had before. And he had a peace with God that he hadn't had in a long time. But there was still the matter of a court case. And there was still the matter of prison time. And there was still the matter of this big problem that was bigger than he could solve. You know what? He knew God's with me. God is with me. I'm going to walk through this problem. But that very week, he got a phone call. And you're just not going to believe this. Jess, you're not going to believe this part, but just believe it. It was his lawyer. And his lawyer said, Don, the case is dropped. And Don's like, What? Why is the case dropped? He said, you won't believe this. They lost the paperwork. They lost the police report. They lost all the witnesses that said you did it. There is not a person that can find this paperwork anywhere. It is gone. And Don's like, what? How did this happen? Well, Don knew how this happened. And Don says, Report, a lawyer, can I tell you about Jesus? <laughs> and then, and it wasn't long, long after that, within that week, Don's just out in town and he's like, God, you're so good. And you know who pulls up in, the, it's a policeman and he pull, pulls up in that police car. And it's like a scene in that movie. Don says, that guy looks at me so mad. He's so mad. He's like, Don, you got off this time. But I've got my eye on you, boy. And I know that nobody just turns over. Sooner or later, you're going to mess up. And this time, you're not going to get away with it. And Don says, can I tell you about Jesus? And can I tell you how He has set me free in, in every way? <laughs> in every way, He set me free. Where's Don today? 
Do we have that picture? Can we throw that up there? There's Don and there's his wife, Jana. They're living for God today. You can call him Pastor Don today because he pastors a church in this metroplex right now. And he would tell you if he were here today, he would tell you he is a rescuer. That he will rescue you from things you don't even deserve. That his grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. That even when you deserve the worst, you can receive the best. Because he is that kind of savior. That's who he is, y'all. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. As y'all come, I want your attention right here. I want to ask you, what is your problem that you need Jesus to solve? What is that problem that you need to get a rescue plan for? What is it? What is that problem? Is it rescue? Maybe it's healing from last week. Maybe it's something else. But what is it? Over the next few moments, I want you to talk to the one who really knows how to solve the problem. I want in these last few moments to tell you that rescue is possible. That that story about my friend Don is absolutely true. That that story about Jesus on the water is actually true. That story about Jesus rescuing my son is actually true. I want to inspire you today that it's possible for you to be free. I'm telling you, if you have the worst coming at you like a gel sentence, God is able to somehow rescue you from that. He can do it. I want to encourage you not to give up. You've been down on yourself. You've been angry with yourself. Let all of that go and look up because redemption is coming. That's what the Bible says, that redemption is coming when Jesus comes. And I would tell you to try again. Sometimes you failed. Sometimes you failed miserably. But try again, because Jesus really is a rescuer. Really is a problem solver. So if, if rescue is possible, then what are you going to do about it? I would invite you to pray today. And I got those three things that we talked about. I would like you to pray about. I would like you to pray about that plan. Rescue requires a plan. Some of you don't have that plan. That's okay not to have that plan. It's not okay to leave here without talking to Jesus about giving you a plan. Talk to Him about that plan. Rescue requires recognition. Maybe He's already been trying to send you that plan. Maybe you spend the next few moments going, God, show me. Shine your light on it. Put neon signs about around it with a big arrow going, there it is, silly. It's right there. Because God, I want to see it. I, want, I don't want to miss it. I've been walking past your purpose for me. I've been walking past the things you want to do in my life. And Jesus, I'm done walking past it. Help me to see it. Maybe that's your prayer. Or maybe it's this one. God, who is the other that I need for my rescue? Rescue requires others. Maybe you need to reach out to someone in this room right now and say, Guy, girl, I've got a problem. And I want you to pray with me. I want to hear your advice on it. I want your encouragement on it. Maybe it's the word accountability that you need. Maybe you need somebody to hold you to that plan. Maybe you need somebody to say, hey, I'm going to call you every day to make sure you haven't backslid back into an addiction. Maybe you need that. Maybe that's what you need. Or maybe you're on the other side of that. Maybe you need to be a problem solver for someone else. Maybe someone in the room, maybe not someone in the room. But maybe today you need to find somebody, you need to grab them by the legs 
and you need to not let go until they are set free from the mouth of a lion. Can you be that bold? Will you be that fierce? Could you be that fierce in prayer over the next few moments? These altars are open right now. I'm going to pray for everybody online. Why don't you come? And if you want special prayer, you come in these first two feet. When I open my eyes from praying for online people, I want to have an opportunity to pray with you today. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for everybody online. Friends online, if you want God to rescue you, I want you to text READY FOR RESCUE to 469-467-8111. We're going to pray for you all this week. Make that text right now. I'm praying for you right now. Father, in Jesus' name, set us free. Rescue us. God, give us that plan. God, put it in our hearts. Put the right people around us, God. Help us to be people that, that take hold of others who are struggling and help us to bring them to rescue. God, Jesus, you are ultimately that rescuer that rescues us when the problem's too big for us. God, you really are that rescuer. And Jesus, we're asking you to rescue you, to rescue us from that problem that we can't handle on our own. God, we give you permission, God, to speak to us and lead us right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let's talk to God in this place. He is a rescuer. It's possible. Try again. In Jesus' name. For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214-856-0550.